Hey, this is Derek D-Train, he too. Tonight's episode is brought to you by KingTuckGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTuckGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to kingtutgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtutgraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have another exciting episode tonight, episode 77 coming at you. We got all the usual suspects sitting in with us tonight. We've got the IT guy, our local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama now? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train, he too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweeto? And the star of the show, our producer, Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up? Aloha. The host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark, the doctor. Oh, doctor. (laughs) Tonight's interview is going to be brought to you by Branded Bills. Check them out, brandedbills.com. We have a very sp- two special guests sitting in with us tonight. We have Jeremy Swayman from University of Maine. He was uh, drafted by the Bruins, won a bronze medal with Team USA in the World Juniors, uh, came from Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL. And we also have uh, J.D. Greenway sitting in also from the, the Bears, and J.D. was uh, also drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Couple good prospects sitting in with us tonight. Uh, Going to talk some college hockey with these guys, and uh, this is, season's just getting kicked off. So, what's up, boys? Going on, boys. What's up, man? How are you guys doing up there, in Maine? You, you guys getting snow up there yet, or no? <laughs> Close to it. We're getting the winter coats out pretty soon. <laughs> hey, I lived in Portland, Maine, for uh, four years, right downtown Portland. It was uh, a good time. I never made it up as far as you boys in Orno, but uh, um, Portland's a good good place for sure. Good hockey, good hockey uh, state. But are the Pirates still out there? The Portland Pirates are still there, yes. Yeah, I think we played in that arena. I think it's a cross-insurance arena. Uh, nice place. Yeah, I think uh, Maine Mariners are there now, so. Oh yeah, you're right. We had Danny Breer on his uh, East Coast team. The Mariners yeah. are there. Yeah. Well, they took it from originally my home state, the Alaska Aces. Uh, that franchise got sold to Maine, Maine, so Portland took it over. So uh, that's how I kind of know the details on that one. Nice little so, insider. So, so what's it like uh, playing hockey when you're not in the lower 48? Uh, what was it like playing hockey up in Alaska? Is it as popular? I mean, you would think it'd be super popular like uh, Minnesota, New York, with the weather conditions. Is is the hockey up there like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely around the wintertime, you know, there's ponds basically at every corner. So for everyone to have a pickup game, it's pretty easy to do. And I think uh, hockey is introduced at a young age there especially. Um, but, I mean, as far as getting into competitive levels, uh, there's – only select few travel teams just because either, you know, travel times are pretty crazy. And in order to get some good exposure, you got to do four or five trips a year. So I think, uh, you know, that's the route I definitely took. But 
you know, finally being down in the lower 48 is definitely nice to, to finally get in the hang of things with the hockey world. So when you say travel teams, you, were you guys traveling down, like I said, to Canada and the lower 48 and shit? Yeah, I've been, uh, been to Canada a couple times, but mainly, like, I think I've been to California probably six times in my career, just, like, an absurd amount. And uh, went to Chicago a couple times. Um, but, yeah, mainly just whatever tournaments we could really get into, I think, uh, you know, we just tried to buy in and get a part of those. Nice. Financially, it must be tough for, for guys to be able to commit to that or unless their families can do it or fundraising and stuff like that. Um, you know, I know the the uh, University of Alaska has a crazy travel schedule trying to get to their games, too. Their budget's ridiculous. So it must be tough for people to get exposure up there. Well, these guys play. You guys play Alaska right this weekend. So they're going all the way from Alaska to Maine. So huge traveling expense for teams over there. Big time. Halfway across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Closer to go to Russia, right? Exactly. JD, you're taking a big step going from, uh, you know, uh, Big Ten to um, USHL, now Hockey East. Um, you excited to play in Hockey East? You get to play in the Bean Pot. Um, get to play at, uh, um, you know, the Boston Bruins Arena, TD Bank North. Um, you excited for... Uh, Hockey, little hockey east. I know I am. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I'm pumped for uh, to play in this league. Right? Uh, I don't. I don't think we 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 get to play in the bean pot, but um, there's a lot of good players oh, that yeah, come I out do. of hockey. I don't know. Yeah, what's your bean pot? <laughs> I just what do you, I just associate the bean pot with hockey east. Just He's right. a liberal. He's used to fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, we got a good squad here. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think we're still trying to find our feet. You know, there's a lot of new faces, uh, including myself. But uh, you know, we're doing we're doing all right. We got you know, our big test is uh, this weekend against Alaska on our home ice. So uh, we're we're looking forward to that. Have a have a nice little uh, get together afterwards after we what, sleep. What's the buzz like on campus? Uh... There's a lot of people getting excited to uh, pack the arena. What's the arena up there where you get boys play? How fun. Does it get pretty packed in there, Jeremy? Yeah, it's the best place in college hockey to play, without a doubt. Definitely the reason. Big reason why I came here. Yeah, our, when we played uh, that, what was it? What was that? New Brunswick. Yeah, we played New Brunswick. We didn't get, I mean, it was an exhibition game, so, so we didn't get, like, too many people, but... Um, it was electric in there, though. The student fan, the student section was pretty good. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I, I got chills just going out there, you know. First na- uh, first time being there, first time playing. It was, it was awesome. It was pretty cool, yeah. A lot of locals, too? Is it, like, uh, like half locals, half students, or what's the ratio? Um, I don't think – I mean, I haven't seen the full, full – like, it hasn't been filled out yet, right? I mean, first game. Um, but, like – there was there was a lot of students there, locals. I mean, yeah, I'd probably say it was fifty fifty. I mean, I'm not completely sure, but well, it's funny. Like sometimes I'll be skating in the corner and I'll be on the student section side. So that's our second period. They get the balcony over us, and they'll do their like their chants or whatever, and everyone knows them. And you see these like eighty year old ladies like doing the chants with them. And it's just like <laughs> so funny. Like people have been coming for years. And, you know, they just know every champ by heart, so it's like totally 
totally cool to be a part of that. Yeah, so, so, Jeremy, that, you won a uh, bronze medal. Uh, what was that like for the World Juniors? Yeah, it was pretty special. Uh, I know that that was the first time I think the Team USA has gotten a medal in back-to-back uh, tournaments. So, you know, we were definitely proud of that as a, as a unit. But, I don't know, just being able to play with, you know, guys like Middlestat, Haley and Ottinger and just guys you've just kind of known in your age group that have been top dogs and, you know, just kind of comparing paths and stuff. Uh, it was pretty cool. I learned a ton. The coaching staff was amazing. and you know, I, That was a pretty special week. You guys had an outdoor right. game, yeah? Yeah, the outdoor game was electric, man. I got to oh, yeah. sit on the bench that I got my hat on over my helmet. <laughs> it was pretty sweet, man. Like, uh, it was just, like, especially playing Canada, too, it was Wild. Where was the tournament? Buffalo, New York. Funny story, like we were pulling into the game in the bus and it was pretty snowy out and our bus got stuck in the parking <laughs> oh, lot. And so oh, people tailgating, legit Bill's Mafia. There's like fifty guys <laughs> and they started pushing us out and like Everyone's on the phone, like taking snap videos of it, just dying laughing, and just like got to relish the Bills Mafia for for a couple minutes. Nice. And then they got they got into jumping on their tables after that and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that with Brady Kachuk? Did Brady you play with Brady? Or is that the year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was another guy. Yeah, got to know pretty well. He's, He's doing, doing pretty good. Well yeah, he is doing that. well, man. I think, uh, I think it was uh, it was on the podcast here, and I think his a uh, couple people, you know, in the media weren't really sure what his jump was going to be like, you know, because <clears throat> he had a couple more years at BU. And uh, I think me personally, I can call myself out. I didn't think he was going to do too well. I thought two more years of college hockey um, would suit him. But uh, he just jumped right in with Ottawa, and not that Ottawa's – Got a lot of stars on the team, but uh, done pretty well. He got a goal, what, 45 sec, 35 seconds into his first first game for Ottawa? This year? Yeah. This not too bad. Good. Yeah, not, not too bad. <laughs> well, boys, what's the uh, what's the outlook like for you guys this year? I know last year you were kind of mediocre, you know what I mean, as far as the, the record goes, but um, you weren't didn't do, didn't do as well on the road as you did at home. Uh, which maybe speaks to that um, environment that you talk about being at home at, at Maine. But um, what's the outlook like, man? Talk about it. I mean, I think I think we got a got a good spot. I mean, like I said, we got a we got a lot of new faces, um, including myself. A lot of freshmen that that are expected to be playing and having a uh, having a pretty positive role on the team. But you know, the first couple of games didn't really go our way. <laughs> We're just trying to move forward, and, and uh, oh, that was you know, Providence. They made the Final Four, so they're legit. They stock to play against. They they're just they're just grinders, dude. Like just in the, I don't know. They just I hate welcome it. to hockey. East. Uh, That's every game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was cool though. So start, but you know we uh. We'll be the underdogs. I think we were like ranked like eight by the coaches or some shit. So we're just trying to. Uh, you know, yeah, you're not at the, the bottom here. That's good. Not at yeah. the bottom. So 
And you guys come uh, sure. to our hometown. I don't know if Jeremy knows, but our hometown's uh, where St. Lawrence University is, Canton, New York. So, uh, well, yeah, most coming. of us will be there to, uh, at least half of us will be there to watch you um, for sure. Oh, yeah. They just got a new rink, yeah? Not a new rink, but, like, they just upgraded it. Yeah, total yeah, it's upgrade. In, yeah, it's in the works. It's not completed yet, but I think they're going to play, like, the first home game around the end of November or something like that. So, I'm not sure when you guys play there exactly, but hopefully it's when it's kind of Thanksgiving weekend they're playing up there, so. Uh, yeah, might be, you, might be, you might be playing one of the opening games. You might be popping the chair, another cherry, JD. Yeah. <laughs> Where are they playing right now? SUNY Canton. Yeah. Yeah. SUNY Canton doesn't have a terrible facility, though. They got a pretty nice one, but I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. I think, what's that, what's that arena called out there? The Rue House uh, or some shit. No, no, no. The, Rue the, Dungeon. Appleton. I'm talking about Appleton. Oh, Appleton. Appleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. if it's not done, they said that you guys are just, they're going to uh, do some ice in the parking lot or something. And Pine Street some, Arena and Pods, yeah. Hope for the best. Plug the parking lot. Get a couple toques for you guys. Nice. Yeah, but you guys might have the first game actually played at that arena after they're, they're doing a pretty big renovation right now. And um, they're doing, like, I think they're going to do a ceremony to dedicate the ring, aren't they? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I think it's Yeah, it's going to be called Lardy Arena. I think it's going to, you're right, Mark. Joe Marsh, Derek might have more on that, but I think they're going to, are they renaming it to Joe Marsh? No, they're not renaming it, but they're going to dedicate, I think, one of the locker room, the locker room to, to Joe, oh, yeah. Joe Marsh. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, it might coincide with you guys playing there, ironically. So, yeah. I think it's the 29th. We played there the 29th in November. Yeah. They they said I think I read an article that said they anticipate their first home game to be November 29th. So Ooh, there, yeah. we there we go. There we go. Jeremy, we will be the guys behind the St. Lawrence bench at standing. There's probably 15 to 20 of us, and we'll just be yelling. And now that you've been on here, we'll be yelling at you too. I love it. Can't wait to, can't wait to meet you guys. I'm excited. Bro, when I when I played there last time. That place yeah. went nuts when my name got called. Yeah, dude, it was that was the sickest feeling I've, I've ever had in hockey ever. Like, yeah, I'm That was unreal. I think Steve was just pissed drunk. Just <laughs> oh, we all were drunk, drunk as hell. Just yelling. Timmy Olmstead was out there yelling as loud as yeah. he could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Who's the no, big score? Who's the big score for you guys this year? Who should we be looking out for in team man? Who's your hot dog? Uh, I don't even know his full last name. So, yeah, yeah. Jacob <laughs> He'll, He'll probably get some big power play goals for us. Yeah, he does have a shot. JD, are you on the power play this year? I am running it up, running it up top. So far, I could get the sniff anytime. But. No, he's there to stay. Don't worry. <laughs> So are the goalies splitting time, or are you going to be playing, like, a uh, majority of the games? Players playing every game that we have. I was gonna, didn't, did, Jeremy, you played you played almost all the games last year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's the best goalie in hockey. <laughs> you got a pretty I sick hear that. resume. I hear that. Sure. Yeah, I hear that. 
<laughs> couple, yeah, couple I made him. I made him break a stick though over the phone. <laughs> oh, we're gonna bring that up. Right. <laughs> still, still, still a little salty about me scarring on. Let's yeah, hear it. Let's good. hear it. You shot a puck up uh, high. No, nah, we just like we put like three pucks uh, at the end of practice here and there, and yeah. I just put Jeremy's jock up in the third <laughs> third rafters. So he's been pissed ever since. <laughs> yeah, ask him. Ask him if he scored ever since. <laughs> nah, he's been shooting that die here pretty. Must have been the new stick. <laughs> yeah, after a new stick, that's for sure. That thing had to go. So, so Jeremy, how's the uh, traveling for you boys? You boys are pretty far north there. Uh, I know you take a bus to majority of your games, but you guys must fly a little bit, right? Yeah, it depends on where we're going. Um, I honestly don't think this year we're flying anywhere. Um, but, yeah, we're basically on the bus everywhere we go unless it's, like, a West Coast game. Uh, like, last year we went to NTDP for a game. And, uh, yeah, that was, I think, the right. Yeah, we're busting to St. Lawrence, so that's going to be a tilt. So that's the far- yeah, I'm looking at your schedule. That's the farthest trip you boys got. Yeah. Not bad at all. That's like yeah, two, two, three cans of lardy max there and back. <laughs> Stop at the reds and pick up some. <laughs> Pat will have some waiting for you. How much is lardy up there in uh, Maine? Nine bucks. Whoa! For a log? For a log. I'm sending $90 a week out here. Holy. <laughs> Couldn't work that into the scholarship, huh? Bullshit. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need ten cans a week, Coach. Uh, just make sure that's at my dorm. <laughs> <laughs> you get me that, I'm coming to Maine. Okay. <laughs> I should have worked something out. So, Jeremy, who do who do you want to play the most this year? Who do you look look forward to playing? Boston College, I guess they're number one in the rankings in Hockey East. Um, or do you prefer not to look at them, or who are you looking for? <laughs> no, no, I think just because of the rivalry, UNH is definitely by far my favorite game. Being especially at home, just because it's like a whole week of hype, right? Like everyone that sees you is like, "Fuck UNH!" Like it's just all over Twitter, <laughs> all over Instagram. When we go there, it's like you just get booed the whole entire warm up. It's the best feeling ever. So yeah, it's that's a pretty cool rivalry, but. I mean, other than that, like, every Hockey East game is exciting, but I think definitely the rivalry week is the best. When, when do we play them? UNH, huh? Let me check. Yeah. You don't have our exciting. schedule up there, do you? November 16th is Saturday. All right. Are they your traveling partner? You guys travel with them? So you guys uh, play them the 15th and 16th, November 15th and 16th before. Uh, then you got uh, Northeastern, and then you come up to St. Lawrence. So Yeah. Does Hockey East have traveling partners like the ECAC, where you play uh, Friday, Saturday night, altering ranks, or how does that work? No, no, not really. And at least for us, because we're traveling four hours, right, like minimum. So, for the Boston teams, maybe, but not for us. Yeah, I hear Jordan did something that they would always uh, play away and play home, play home, play away, like do that stuff. But, I mean, we're up in the bonus. (laughs) 
No, I don't mind it though. It's actually unreal out here. Like, even though it's like a smaller school, you know, much different than Wisconsin. It's, I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. Like, it's just like uh, between the guys, just a lot of camaraderie and just like, uh, you know, just like tradition and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. There's nothing like college sports. Maybe reminds me of home a little bit too, JD. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bigger out here, but yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard to do. Jeremy, so we listen. We know goalies are a little weird, man. So you got any? Uh, you got any uh, weird uh, habits and stuff that you do before the game, or any weird superstitions you gonna talk about? Wipe your ass with the opposite hand. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I don't know. I try to take pride in being one of the more normal goalies. Maybe JD has something else to say about that, but no. Yeah, actually, I don't. <laughs> I haven't seen him do anything weird. I mean, <laughs> weird, like, I think all of our goalies are pretty normal. Tyson's the energy guy, so I mean, you yeah. could say he's weird, but I mean, in reality, he's, he's not. Our goalies are pretty normal. <laughs> different. Who paints your uh, helmets, Jeremy? Uh, we got a new guy this year, Jesse. Uh, helmet head, I think, or Jesse Custom Design. I think he's out of mass. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I haven't gotten my helmet yet. None of the guys have, so I would let you know, but I haven't got them yet. We got a guy, Headstrong Graphics. Check him out, headstronggraphics.com. Paints a lot of players' helmets. Um, There's a lot of college, college hockey. College. It's all over now, KHL, NHL. He painted my USA mask. Ah, there we go. Oh, you should have heard of him, eh? He, I think oh, yeah. he is the certified painter or something. He just he just got that for USA or something like that. Yeah, okay. I follow him on Instagram. He's got some good stuff coming out. Yeah. Okay, boys. How the, how the women at Maine? <laughs> Jeremy's got a girlfriend. Oh, um, here we go. All right. I'll just ask you <laughs> then. Freaking days of our lives. Right and I. <laughs> uh, they're all right i think uh no matter where you go you're gonna find some good looking girls or guys that you know so uh, <laughs> yeah they're not they're not they're not terrible not yeah i got a couple of doors <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you'll just be walking down and just see like this random rocket like where the hell did you come from <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in psychology. I'm majoring in psychology, so every class I have, it just has all the girls in it, so it's, it's not bad. <laughs> Keeps you going to class, at least. Strategic. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you take a shower in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so is, are you guys the, the uh, main sport on campus, or, or is it all D1 sports there? Yeah, I think we have 17 D1 sports, so okay. we're not the only but we're definitely the favorite by far. Uh, right. Support-wise, everyone you talk to just knows, lives and breathes main hockey, so pretty good feeling. That helps out with the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Shooting yeah. fish in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pick, boys. <laughs> pretty exciting uh for you guys i'm sure i know i was in the college sports scene myself and this time of year right when the season was getting started it was you know something that you waited all summer for and t- worked hard for and trained for so 
I'm sure you guys are excited to actually get on the ice and play other teams and, and uh, get out of the workout regimens and um, get started, right? Yeah, I've basically been waiting two years, so I'm, <laughs> I'm just pumped. Yeah. And I'm happy as hell to see JD in front of me, so I'm pumped too. Okay. We'll be watching, boys. I definitely get a subscription and watch you guys all the way down here in North Carolina. I'm pretty excited myself. Right on. Good luck this year, boys, and we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, I think you're eating dinner right now, so it's probably a little cold, but uh, it's been fun <laughs> having you on, talk a little college hockey, and, you know, best of luck in, in the Hockey East, boys. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming out, guys. Good luck. We'll be watching. All right. All right. Good. Thanks. I'll catch you guys later. All right. Take care, fellas. Well, Tweedle. There we go, boys. A couple NHL prospects from the University of Maine, Jeremy Swayman and J.D. Greenway. And, uh, you know, I think in a couple of years we'll be talking to those guys about uh, their professional careers and, you know, this college stuff will be behind them. Two great players, um, two guys that played for Team USA in their younger years, and uh, two good Americans that hopefully we'll see in the NHL soon. Yeah, and we had, uh, you know, it's weird. You always get a couple good players up there that play at Maine. Uh, Paul Correa was the big one that played up there. Um, Jimmy Howard, who's been on the podcast here numerous times, actually took them pretty far. Um, so, and I think uh, Jeremy's going to be the next goalie besides uh, uh, Jimmy Howard, the next best goalie up there. Uh, he's got a huge resume. Um, watched a few clips of him on YouTube. Uh, great movement and follows the puck well. And, I mean, Derek said a, a few times that uh, he played all last year um, and did really well um, for, for being in a tough league and seeing a lot of shots. I, I like the University of Maine. I told uh, those guys um, before we started recording that um, when I was a little kid, I always liked University of Maine. I always had the jersey, T-shirts, hats. It's just that I think the tradition way up there, these, you know, on the East Coast, way up north, New England states, that far team in Orono, Maine. Um, I like to see that program get to be back to be you know where it was when paul Korea was there but uh yeah i think i'm excited yeah no he's a he's been you're talking about taking a lot he gets this kid man last year he got peppered with shots man if you look back at some of the some of the games that he had i mean he took like i think it was uh he had like 39 saves when he came here and played to played against st lawrence 44 saves when he played against umass lowell i think he had a, a 40 he had a 40 save game against uh bu uh, when they knocked off, I think they knocked off BU in that game too. They they did yeah. knock off BU in that game. Those and, are high uh, shot counts. Yeah, I mean, and then in a two game, I think in a series against Boston College, he had 67 saves uh, with you know two goals against. So, I mean, he's he, he's playing against top talent, man. He's getting peppered with shots, and he's he's standing on his head most of the time. So, um, you know, between him and JD, man, it, it's kind of a neat outlook. I mean, I know they're kind of underdogs, probably in that in that uh, heavyweight division out there, but um, we need to see him produce some uh, good statistics out there. They're ranked eight this year. Uh, they're ranked ahead of UConn, Vermont, and Merrimack, which is not too bad. I mean, they're usually sitting at the bottom, so um, they're right below New Hampshire, New Mass Lowell, which, you know, 
Jeremy said, New Hampshire and Maine is a big rivalry. So who knows? Maybe they they could kind of move up a, a one slot or two slot. But the powerhouses are always up there on top. UMass, obviously, who you know went to the national championship game last year, lost to uh, Minnesota Duluth, the Bulldogs. Then you got BC and Providence, who you know Maine just played Providence and got their asses kicked. So. It is going to be tough for them, but uh, I can see them being in the middle of the pack. Yeah, man, they and they knocked off UMass last year, and he had 53 saves in that game. So um, you never you never know, man. I, let's uh, look out for a good year from the University of Maine Black Bears up there. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and like you just talked about all those saves that um, Jeremy's had for them, that's a, a game changer for a team like Maine. If you've got a goalie that can you know put up 50 some saves in a game. That's going to get you, that'll get you wins right there. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to win those close games with a good goalie. And we talk about it all the time in the NHL. You know, the teams that have these good goalies and have two good goalies are these teams that we think that are going to go to, you know, far in the playoff runs and stuff like that. So it's a huge position to have a star player like him. And then to add JD uh, this year, um, you know, high prospect a defenseman in front of them. Um, they're going to have some uh, good firepower on the D end. You know, if they can just produce a couple goals here and there, those those type of guys are going to win games for them. Yeah, and what was you, what you was the turnout? Of those, you look yeah, at what was the score of those Providence games. What was it? Seven to nothing. I guess they were saying they were just, you know, Providence made it to the Final Four last year, lost to UMass, um, so they're they're legitimate contenders again this year. So, um, and it's you know Maine's first game. Uh, like these guys said, there's a lot of new freshmen. Uh, I was going to say um, that uh, uh, Maine lost all their defensemen last year. So um, all their top, I think a couple were leading scorers on the team. So that's huge, uh, huge uh, void to fill JD and a couple of freshmen. But uh, yeah, they got beat up by Providence. But um, Providence, thing, yeah, it could be. You know, I mean, it might be a good thing to start out, you know, go right into the, you know, into the fucking hornet's nest basically right from the get-go give you a little wake-up call maybe uh get you back on get you on your toes a little bit more for every game that you're going to play you know when you know what kind of what kind of uh shit you're up against week in week out so that could end up being a good thing man who knows you know it might be a little wake-up call right in the beginning of the season to get them fired up a bit spank their ass yeah it sounded like uh i mean to me it sounded like jd wasn't exactly sure uh, you know, he, you know, he said they were grinders. Right. And then Jeremy goes, it's like that every night. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's, welcome he's to hockey. For it. Yep, welcome to hockey East. Yeah. And then when we got ECAC, that's kind of our, uh, backyard, right? We grew up in Canton, New York, St. Lawrence right. university plays there. I think they're <clears throat> at the bottom of the pole. Um, new head coach, um, couple of, you know, different head coaches in the last four years, uh, Brent Brecky's the new head coach there now. Uh, they had Mark Morris, who will be coming on the podcast here in a couple weeks. Um, and then prior to that was Greg Carville was the head coach, uh, who is now the head coach at UMass. So they've had a lot of head coach changes there at St. Lawrence, bottom of the uh, rankings. But the next town next to our hometown is Clarkson, and uh, they're right up there. I think they're, they're up there in the national. Right now. Yep, yeah. they're sitting 10 right now top 10 in the national polls but hockey east they are uh in third place so um cornell's number one and then i forget who's number two uh 
Uh, Cornell the ECAC, Clarkson. you're talking. Oh, I was Quinnipiac. talking overall. Yes, I'm sorry. ECACs. Yeah. Yeah. Cornell, Quinnipiac, Clarkson, Harvard, Yale. Um, those guys are the top dogs there. Yeah. yeah. They don't. Uh, SLU, our hometown here, doesn't have a very good outlook in this uh, preseason poll that they that they put out there. So, um, Cornell is always a powerhouse, right? Which which could be a good thing. I mean, yeah, only one way to go. They, they they've changed they've changed a lot of things, right? And you know, when chemistry is right, you know, they've got a lot of guys coming into that place that are looking to hustle. You know, that they could surprise some people. Yeah, they can only go up. Yeah, and with a new coach, it takes a couple of years for them to develop a team. You know, it's like you take Mark Morris out of the picture, who had some tough years after Carvel left. When Carvel left and went to UMass, they lost a bunch of players um, that left after he left, and then they, you know, they had to rebuild from there. And Morris struggled, and then yeah. you know now Brent's building his team, right? So he's got well, his. Yeah. So he was over at Clarkson, right? So I mean, he was ten miles away. He, yeah. Was yeah. already in the habit of you know scouting. He was he was doing the scouting for Clarkson, right? Well, I think Mark was just saying if, to officially get through four years, yeah, so every yeah. kid on that team, you went to and talked to him and his parents, right? right. You went They're to exactly or someone did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Developing the, the team, right? So it's you can't take a team from the cellar and you know to be expected to to win the ECAC in the first year with the same players and. You know, so I'm oh, sure well, he recruited two guys. Yeah, but that's Lardy. Not too many people can do I that. I could take that team right to the fucking top. Skate days. <laughs> but no, overall, I mean, uh, what do you guys think? Minnesota Duluth is, you know, on top to win that again. That'll be four times. If they make it again, it'll be four trips in a row to the East, you know, NCAA Final Four men's division one hockey championship i mean what that head coach is doing out there scott sandlin i mean a lot of people that i've heard you know off social media um you know just things that went you know with uh butcher grass and all those boys in the national championship and the frozen fours going on is that he right he he runs a tight ship and he expects you know his players to produce and they you know they have to produce. I think kind of the same style Randy Brown did with us when we were younger. But um, I can honestly say, you know, if if they go deep again, and you know, I don't know what Scott Sandlin's contract is with uh, Minnesota Duluth, but um, you know, with all these coaches leaving um, college hockey, you know, head coach of uh, New York Rangers, head coach of the Dallas Stars, head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I think there's a couple more. Um, Minnesota can... Wild, I think, need to be looking for another. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're picking up these young guys. And, um, you know, mark my word, Scott Sandlin will be um, in the NHL here in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, they are a powerhouse. Um, for, you know, if they do it three three years in a row is tough. No, the, the, yeah, four years. Could you imagine? So when you have a team like that, and so you have – say Minnesota Duluth, uh, BC, BU, these top dogs every year, you know, you can kind of look at the college football with Alabama, you know, some of these like Ohio State, uh, even Clemson these days. I mean, they're getting these top players because they are good and these players want to go to winning teams. So, I mean, if you're that coach, it's a lot easier 
to get better players as opposed to like if Brett Brecky wants to get a top recruit at St. Lawrence, you know what I mean? So that's got to help him out. Yeah. And you know, I, I look at it as look at UMass, right, Mark, you're, you're a UMass alumni. Um, It only takes one player to really spark that team. And I know UMass had more than one player, but Kale McCarr, Hobie Baker winner last year, and now he's playing for Colorado. I mean, he just, he was, when you watched UMass, it was Kale McCarr out there. You were like, wow, look at that kid. And that Leonard kid as well, who is, who's back at UMass. Um, Yeah. You know, that'll be interesting. He he was, I think they're leading point. Yeah, he's captain but I'm just saying McCarr was, you know, you usually just need like one. And I think it goes for college football too. Um, you know, that was just one player like Cam Newton for Auburn or something like that. You know, you get that one star player, but you're right though. Um, you know, usually it's those top teams win every year, but every once in a while you'll get a UMass up there. You'll get a, a Clarkson up there, Nico Sturm. Or you'll get a, a a main team up there, you know, with Jeremy uh, Swayman. So every once in a while it happens. I just wanted to put that in there. You are right that usually the top dogs run the leagues, but every once in a while you'll get that team up that has that star player. Obi Baker finalist. Yeah, I root for the underdogs too. You know, it sucks to see the same teams winning all the time. So you know, if the team like Maine is in the playoffs, who are you going to root for, right? You know, do you really want to see the same team win again or the teams that are always in it win? I mean, for me, I'm always going to root for the underdog. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We're getting into a little uh, NHL news here, Mark. Who's the NHL news brought to you by? NHL news tonight is going to be brought to you by Branded Bills. If you haven't checked out Branded Bills yet, you need to get on their site. Um, Branded Bills makes custom hats. They're actually doing some custom stuff for the Blue Liners here. Uh, great hats. They have these uh, leather patches that they brand with your logo on them, and their hats are just just on fire. So if you haven't seen them, check out their website. You know, if you've got a team out there you want to get hats for, and their big stitches, they do uh, uh, states, like different logos of your state that you're from on the hats and stuff like that. So really cool company that's partnered with us. So check out brandedbills.com. So, you know, getting into the NHL, um season here we're only three games in right three four games in and i think i was telling rob before everyone got on to talk i mean i literally looked at the standings today and i was like wait a minute is this last year's or this year because yeah yeah, because carolina's on top right carolina was on top last year boston's up there um all these teams, the, the Maple Leafs are, yeah, Buffalo's up there. Maple Leafs are down low. It, you know, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, the same things happening. And, you know, um, who's the team? Not the Islanders. There's another team that's uh, taking a jump up there in the um, rankings. But uh, what do you guys think? It's crazy. Devils are down there pretty low, which I thought they'd be higher than that by now. But it's still early. But, uh, yeah, Buffalo's on fire. I think they do this every year, so let's not jinx them, Rob. It's like the, yeah. Buffalo, it's like the Buffalo tradition in every sport, man. They get their fans all horned up, and then they just disappoint the shit out of them. At least <laughs> something yeah. for the poor they bastards. They had a 10-game win streak last year, and then, you know, then what? They were winning tonight. Did they end up winning that game? Let me check real quick. I guess it's something for the poor Buffalo fans, right? So at least get them involved yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, Eichel got two goals tonight. Eichel had two. Yeah. How about uh, for the New York Rangers, my the my favorite team in the league? But how about uh, Mika Zibanejad, man? He, he, in two game in two games he had eight points, man. Four goals for us. Yeah. Unreal, man. He was just on fire, dude. It was just unbelievable. But I thought that was that was a pretty amazing thing that stood out um as far as the Rangers go. But they look like a good little young squad, man. They they're gonna be I think as the year goes on and they kind of start gelling together, the young guys, I think that they might be a dangerous team, man. Two years just, they'll be uh they'll be really good. Yeah, not just coming from a like they're having fun out there, right? Scoring goals, you know. They're, you know, I think as far as chemistry, they're they're bringing it together, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the other there's some other big news, man. As far as you know, the Malkin Malkin injury for the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. That's that's pretty huge for them. I mean, that's gonna be tough for them to to uh, get over. Pittsburgh's in a a tough spot right now. I think you know, especially you know, there's gonna be everybody's gonna talk all season about Kessel going to Arizona and especially now with this injury you know that's 82 points plus whatever that's right you know that's a big pill to swallow right there and then you know Murray is a big question right now he's a big sieve right now I think I mean yeah jeez you know I hate to pile on that guy when he's he's trying to figure it out poor Pittsburgh what's going on with their quarterbacks down there too Uh, I think uh what is wasn't it uh who's the Deion Sanders, right? Did you guys see that? He um Prime time. Prime time, yeah. He uh called it. Did you guys see that? He said, I no. will guarantee you guys that Ben Roethlisberger, within five games, I think it was four or five games of the regular NFL season, will either A retire, B just quit, or three get hurt. He goes, yeah. he's just it's just he's it's gonna happen, and everyone's like, "You're crazy! It's not gonna happen." And sure enough, and the reason they were saying that is just because he doesn't have the drive anymore. But anyways, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins, um, we're talking about they. Uh, you're right, Rob. I didn't even think about that. That's a lot of goals between Malkin and Kessel. They got to fill that, and then uh, Murray's letting in a couple goals. Um, how about uh, how about Edmonton three and Ooh, finally. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's early, but you get lucky yeah, or what? That's what you want to see out of the best, you know, the best player in the well, arguably one of the best players in the NHL, right? Yeah. Top three. You gotta see yeah. that out of Edmonton. You gotta see that out of Tampa. You know, Calgary, you're expecting those, you know, out of the gates. Yeah. Yep. And then you got Anaheim in that division three and oh two. Who's expecting that? So yeah. Yeah. Two, two unexpected right there. I mean, we're only three games into one get ahead of ourselves, but San you know. Jose picking up Marlowe. I mean, maybe that's the you know the Edmonton Edmonton will be a below five hundred team, no doubt about yeah. it. It's like I said, same thing as last year. Who knows? Yeah, 80, um, 80 games, eighty games to go, right? Or you know, seventy-eight. I just uh, wanted to bring something up real quick, just because I think. Uh, I don't know who was watching the uh, Minnesota Wild game, uh, their last game maybe. A high yeah. stick. The topic's a high stick. That's what I'm, I want to talk about. So what I think is a high stick is any t- time you touch the puck above the shoulders, um, if I touch the puck um, above my shoulders, I 
I I always believed it was immediately the whistle was blown, the puck's dead, right? So no matter what, so defense, offense, if it's a high stick, usually, you know, it can be a delayed penalty. Referee throws his hand up, um, you know, just typical delayed penalty, and then they blow it down. But I think Mark and I were texting each other the last Minnesota game. Um, I want to say it was Granlin, the player that was traded from yep. um, Minnesota um, to uh, who, who are they playing? Jesus. Nashville. Nashville, oh. yeah. Nashville, yeah. So Granlin tapped the puck out of the air. I hit the, his player's visor and went into the net. And the announcers were saying, you know, um, well, it was a high stick, but it touched the his player's visor. And, uh, and and to myself, and I think I text Mark and you guys, and I was like, well, a high stick's a high stick. You got to blow the whistle, right? Um, but anyways, what I'm getting to, and and they took the they took the goal back, just to let everyone know. And what I'm getting to is Matthew Kachuk's goal last night. Did you guys see Matthew Kachuk's goal last night? I did not. Uh, I, I I did, yes. So he tapped it twice to himself. So the first one was definitely a high stick, and then the second one he tapped it in the net. So what I'm going back to is the original high stick, the first tap. Shouldn't that be – shouldn't the whistle be blown and it's a high stick? I thought it was a play on. If the other team makes the next play, then it, it, it it's off. But if you hit the, the puck above your shoulders to yourself or to your team, that's when the play stops. Well, he hit it to himself. Right. So, with that being said, the first hit, which was above his shoulders. What's the ruling? Do we play. have an NHL rule on that? I don't. I don't have it. I mean, I can I check. Mean, I but, but what I do you say get, though? If you hit it over to himself, it's the second hit that stops the play. As soon as you touch the puck again, the whistle is blown and the play is done. So there's no way he could have scored because as soon as he touched it, the play stops even if the puck did go to the back of the net. But they called it a good goal? They called it a good goal. So high sticking in the NHL is an infraction when the player inadvertently plays the puck with his or her stick above the height of the shoulders or the crossbar in hockey. A penalty is assessed. That's it. That's all they have. So, I mean, I, I don't... I don't know why everyone's been confused in the NHL lately. There's been two high stickings and the announcers to me seem confused. And um, I just always took it as, as soon as you hit that puck as a high stick, it's a delayed penalty. Are you, you blow the whistle that I don't care what happens after that. I don't, I don't remember it. I mean, to hit the puck out of the air above your shoulders, that's a penalty? I thought it yeah, stopped play. Yeah, I thought it would stop play, too. I, yeah, I didn't realize it was a penalty. That's what I, yeah, I didn't realize it was a penalty, either. It must be. I mean, I mean, I sometimes if it touches another person's helmet or something, they'll give you a penalty. But yeah. just think of this as a hockey player, right? And I don't. if we're on the ice, if you're playing in a hockey game and you batted a puck in the air yeah, way above the – you hit it, and then you hit it again, do you think you're not going to get a whistle? It stops play, right? You should. <laughs> you definitely should. Yep. You definitely should. Face off. I don't, yeah, bad call. I don't know. Anyways, I just had to bring that up. Yeah. Because- and just on that, kind of on that subject, talking about the wild, um, 
you know, they played the Avs the other night, and fuck, they look good, man. They look really good. And their power play is phenomenal, right? So um, one of the things that Minnesota needs to work on, in my opinion, is their power play. I mean, they're struggling just to get a shot. Um, you know, it's it's not fine-tuned yet. And then they took a lot of penalties in that game because it just seems that's the way things are going. But the when Colorado got a penalty, I mean, watch out. I mean, you need to be on point on your penalty. They're, they're, they're got only going to get better, too, boys. Growing, I'm quickly growing as not a, a supporter of um, – you know, Brucey anymore. I, I'm just, I'm losing all patience with the way he shuffles. <laughs> That's what we were raised it with. Would That's make so me so mad. For us. It, it would make me so mad though, if I didn't have a consistent, you know, you, you get some chemistry with one guy and you want to play with that guy. And then you're the next thing you know, you won't, you don't play for three more periods with that, with that person. And well, like, just playing devil's advocate, Rob, what would you do? If you're if you're not winning as a coach, what do you do? So I I just remember as you know growing up playing hockey and winning state championships as we all did, and Brownie, air coach, he shuffled the lines. I mean you got I the as a GM you have to find chemistry. As a coach you have to find chemistry. So the GM gives you Look, a pile, and nice, you take players, that pile and find chemistry. The players on the ice are the only chemistry that matters. It's nice that a GM made the decision to get the guy in. It's nice that the, the you know, the coach is putting guys together, but if they do not skate and they, they don't complement each other on the ice and it doesn't result as a goal in the back of the net, then you're wasting your breath. We're having I think like, we, a long conversation. I think, I think maybe, yeah. I think maybe Rob's argument, I think where he's coming from with Boudreaux anyways, is that it seems like, when I watch the games, it seems like they have lines together that seem to have good chemistry. Right. And then he fucking switches those ones up. You know what I mean? It's like, right. so it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think that's where Rob's coming from as far as what he's saying about Boudreaux, because that's, I mean, I don't want to speak for Robbie, but I think that's where, when I watched the wild last year and stuff, you know, it would be like, you know, all those guys that were just together last, you know, last game I just watched seemed like they were really gelling. And then you watch the game after that and like power plays different, totally like second lines, right. second lines different, like first lines different. It's like, what the hell is going on here? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's had a lot of success in the league, though. So, I mean, you can't argue with him too much, but um, it can be kind of maddening as somebody watching from the outside looking in. Because sure. I'm, you know, watching from the outside, like you said, you can see the chemistry. It's like, just put these guys together, please. Yeah, it's always yeah. like he's uh, in her post uh, game interviews. Always like, like he's digging food out of his teeth or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just to touch on that a little bit, the preseason they had uh, Greenway, Eck, and Felino, and there was a lot of talk about how good that that line is playing because they're Great all line. big. They were all big guys, and they were battling, and they were winning the pucks in the corners, and they were making things happen. And better switch that shit up then. They haven't played together since. So, I mean, that's kind of one side of the argument. The other thing I want to touch on is that they do have goal scorers, right? They just can't seem to score. I mean, you have Zucker can score, Zuccarello, Parise, Otto, uh, Fiala has oh. got great hands. You know, Stahl, you know, hasn't been Dumba. doing that much. You know, Dumba's actually produced. He's been doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, we need to get more out of uh, guys like Koivu, you know, the captain. A little Spurgeon bit more hasn't done much. 
you know, so they do have these guys that, that can produce, and now they have their fourth line. They have Hartman, uh, Foligno, and Ack, and that's a pretty good line. They're good grinders, and they're they're doing their job. I mean, they're not really expected to put up, you know, major stats on the, on the stat sheet, but those top three lines need to start producing a little bit, and, that, and I don't know if that's why he's, you know, switching the lines up so much because they're not getting that production out of the top three. But, you know, they got to figure something out where they can score. They got to figure out their power play. They're, they're doing well and they're man down because they seem like they're always man down. They take a lot of penalties. But It's it's early, of course. It's early. We're three games in. And I, I just think he's already stirred the pot so much. It's like sometimes you have to kind of just step back and, and let the players figure out who, who where the chemistry is. You can sit there and tell me that you can. I can see the chemistry with these guys, but if I don't feel it, and I'm not making that chemistry on the ice, then, you know, it's just I get frustrated yeah. watching that kind of stuff. And, and listen, listen, though, I mean, if with Billy Guerin as a new GM there, right, it's not going to be the same old, same old. You know, what I mean, Boudreaux doesn't have anything, uh, you know, sealed in stone out there as far as being the head coach of that team for any duration of time. You know, what I mean, Guerin. It's, it's only, I mean, Garen's going to put his stamp on that team really, really quickly. You know, he, you know, he probably, I would say, I would say Boudreaux. I don't know if there's a connection between him and Garen, usually in, in all of professional sports, you know, there's always some like tree of connection that goes with a GM and a coach and all the makeup of the hierarchy of a, of a team. But um, you know, he might be on a short leash with Garen, you know, you have, you have no idea now that he's got they have new GM out there. So there's a lot of different dynamic going on. So as far as as far as how he coaches and the shit that infuriates us, maybe it's maybe eventually it'll infuriate Garen too. So we'll see what yeah, happens. Well, I mean, they have a good squad. I would think that the guys in the locker room could just figure that kind of shit out. Yeah, yeah I I don't personally like there the, is such a thing it, as overcoaching. I personally don't like the line um, being Zuccarello and Parisi on the same line. They're like one of the same. They're grinders. They're fast. They're quick. They're they're mucking it up in the corners. They're getting garbage goals. Switch those guys up, right? Put them on different they're lines. Grinders. They're two you grinders. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and they're in front of the net, getting their getting their scrappy goals. I, you know, my opinion. Why you got two of those guys on one line? You they're know, both lefties. I mean, it, it, they are almost identical. You know, so that when I see that, I, I I kind of thought that should be broken up a little bit. Um, you know, the centers are kind of the same. You know, you got. Koivu and Stahl, um, similar players. Uh, they're older. They yeah. don't have the speed they used to have, you know, stuff like that. And so, I mean, I guess he's doing what he's got to do to try to get these guys motivated and, you know, get them some confidence, and maybe that's what he's doing. But. I, You know, I always was the the grinder, the finesse player, and the shooter, right? That chemistry always seemed. You had the grinder in the corners, digging the puck out, giving it, you know, to the finesse player the finesse player makes two moves and gives it to the shooter. Well, it depends on the system that they're running in, in each organization, but right, yeah. yes, that is a very effective system. They've been doing it for years. They're both big playmakers. Zuccarello, man, he's a big assist guy. He makes, you know, he makes plays, he can make plays happen for other, for other players. And I think Parise is the same way. So I, you probably ought to split those guys up, frankly. I mean, yeah. from, I mean, really, you really should have those guys split up. I agree with you completely, Mark. Like, it doesn't make a lot Mark, of sense yeah. to have those guys on the same on the same line, because you can put, you know, those guys should be on, you know, one lines one and two, and you know, have those guys feeding other players and popping in goals too at the same time. But I, I see, I see Ryan Donato as possibly that third, the same same thing, but maybe a third line. 
option. And then right. they stratified even three lines of, you know, feisty people. They put the puck on the net. They tend to have good luck and score. You know, they, they, they do yeah. well, I'll say. What do you boys, uh, I stepped out for a minute, but what do you boys been thinking about Toronto? What do you guys think about them coming out of the gates? Man, to me, I just think their firepower is unreal. I mean, just There's just almost too many guns on them right now, and they, they haven't quite figured out how to 42 shots on goal, 52 shots on goal. I mean, when <laughs> when those boys come into your barn, that goalie's going to fuck you. You better be ready because you're going to see some shots. Taste some rubber, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Matthews I mean, has been having stellar game. I think well, he had uh, opening opening night. He had another two goals. He's up on top of the top five most points for yeah. uh, opening NHL night or something. You guys remember that. Matthews had four his first year. His right? first game in the NHL. First game Dang ever it. in the shell. He had four. And then the next <laughs> year he had one. Next year he had one. And then this year he had two. So that puts him at eight goals in the first game of opening opening night he, he's he's got to be in the in the conversation for for one of the best right now the thing that the thing that i see that's really working in their advantage in toronto is that they've got all the controversy behind them matthews has been signed um nylander got signed they got you know marner yeah, they got all these guys signed already, Matthews, right? They got Matthews, Matthews a belt, so his pants aren't falling down. <laughs> yeah, and the other piece of the puzzle is that they named their captain. That's been all over the media for the last two years or whatever, right? So it seems like now they can focus on hockey, and there's not all the bullshit surrounding when is this guy going to sign, when's this guy going to sign, who's going to be the captain, all the bullshit that none of the players really care about, right? So now it seems like that organization can just focus on winning. Good point. That's a good point, Mark. What do you think the other? What do you think opposing goalies are doing when they come in to play Toronto? Do you think they what? put on some long johns, extra pair of fucking <laughs> combat Nike gear? Like they're gonna get peppered all night long, man. They're probably putting on some extra equipment. I think. When they I, I would think they're wearing an adult diaper because yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, <laughs> diaper first, long johns, then the combat gear, then. Wow. <laughs> Oh, those boys are nasty. Yeah. You see Dubnik save the other night where he did like a 360 glove save. That was all over. Yeah, it was on Granlin. Yeah, it was on Granlin. Yeah, I think he was talking shit to Granlin after that too. Yeah, I bet. I see uh, Milan Lucci's been in a couple fights in his new uni. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's huge for, um, you know, Calgary to have, you know, Kachuk will drop the gloves. You guys see the uh, um, Lucci sucker punched that dude one time. They didn't want to fight at all, so he just ended up friggin' blasting him in the face. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you saw that. Did you guys see that Lucci? He I saw the, the king got was it Kings? Yeah. So there's that was a good game. So uh, they went into overtime, huge game, and then the whole scenario with Matthew Kachuk and uh, Drew Doughty, right? They've been talking shit for the last two years, um, and then. He blasted Kachuk, him with an elbow. Yeah, Kachuk, yeah, blasted him with the elbow. That's what started it. Kachuk got two goals last night, and then Dowdy scored the game winner. And uh, um, so that was a little controversy. Yeah, there's, there's some co more controversy because after he scored it, he went up to the, the glass, you know. And yeah, yeah. I think the Calgary fans came and flipped him off. Yeah. And, you know, right back to him was like, you know, suck it, suck it. Suck it. <laughs> and then yeah. – uh, Milan Lucic uh, had like some player 
I don't know if you would say stuck his leg out. It looked, it was pretty, it was clean. Anyways, Milan didn't like that. And he went right after him and started feeding him. But he, uh, he likes like to roll in Calgary, and I, I think they like fights him. in three games. Like yeah. Is that what he asked? Three fights in three games. I think it's three. Uh, two, three. two, two fights in three. I games. think it might be three and three. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> Even better. Speaking of fights, right off the bat. What about uh, uh, on this topic of, of fighting? Because usually fighting involves losing teeth and stuff at the NHL. Well, how about Blake Coleman? You see, you see this guy where he had. Uh, First yeah. of all, he's probably he's probably got the you know here we are what three or four games into the year and he's a candidate for the probably the goal of the year when he's he got knocked down going into the zone there and he was oh one handed sliding on his yeah, yeah sliding on his ass oh, sure. one handed goal first, first shift back after getting his mouth you know his teeth knocked well he had like fucking seven emergency root canals or something he lost eight oh, teeth oh, dude eight fucking teeth and he missed four minutes of the game or something like that. <laughs> Eight fucking teeth knocked out of his from his own. Dude, he got hit in the he got hit in the mouth with his, his own teammate's stick. Yeah, but last year LeBron his his middle finger hang nail. Out. No, hang it out. it was the whole like a piece of it cracked. Oh, yeah, I mean, he, what do you yeah. miss? Like five games? He was out like a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta realize well, you gotta, well, you gotta get an appointment for a manicure. It takes a little time, you know. I mean. But that's yeah, unreal. I mean, I, I can't believe these guys, man. Lose eight fucking teeth, and then you're back playing hockey like four minutes later and s- scoring goals. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. another, another surprise fight we, we had. One-handed this flicks at that. Since Unbelievable. Sidney Crosby. You guys seen Sidney Crosby? He got a little that. tilt. He got a little fired up. You know, I, 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 I ride Sidney Crosby a lot, and uh, – for me to to say he's a, a giant squirt, uh, I was I was refreshed to see him, you know, grab a hold and and start going there. It was, you know, as a captain, you know, they're struggling, they're not winning games, you know, a fight or two might might be one of the things that turn things around there. I, I liked it. It was a, it was a bad hit on his teammate, right, or a high hit or something, and uh, Crosby went after him. But I mean, as these guys get older in the league, you know, Crosby. Would never even think about doing that his first three or four no, years. No, no, the they're different guys in the league too. Different breed. You got these kids that are eighteen that look like Rossman Dowling out in Vancouver is next bigger than his fucking his legs. You know. Rossman Dowling is Buffalo. Well, yeah, whoever the kid is out in fucking who am I thinking of in Vancouver? Remember we were talking about him. He got hit so hard his his neck did a whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> So they do have that 18-year-old uh, defenseman playing out in Vancouver now. He's pretty wet behind the ears. I saw him play a little bit last week. But who am I? Who, who am I? Who's the player I'm talking about? Out Pedersen. In Vancouver? Is it yeah, Pedersen? Pedersen's a goal, goal scorer. Pedersen. Def- I'm talking about the defenseman. He has a long neck. Hold on. Let me Google. Let me Google long neck defenseman. <laughs> long neck defenseman for Vancouver. He's a star. I can't shift, believe that. Shift. Went for I'm shift. wet brain right now. <laughs> Pencil neck. Pencil neck. All right. <laughs> a lot of excitement, though. A lot of excitement. You know, teams that I saw that I think are going to be contenders that I haven't seen every game, but you know, I thought the Avalanche played very, very well when I saw them. Not even, you know, just the chemistry that they had on their power play was amazing. Three games in, um, I just think that they have a really sharp group on group on that unit that's gonna 
If you get penalties against the Avs, you're going to be fucked. Yeah, you're in trouble. I'm, I'm, you're in trouble. I'm ca- uh, Pedersen, that's what I was talking about. I, I'm calling uh, right now for all the listeners. And you Pedersen's not a place. Colorado Avalanche is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Oh, jeez. Jeez. No, yeah, I, I was impressed. That's how, that's how good I am. That's a, that's a bold prediction right there. Yeah, they, they were good. Man. They, they look good. I don't know. The only thing about them is their goaltending. I don't think it's that risky. You know, I don't know if they're they got the goaltending to go all the way. Uh, but they, def- they definitely have the. the oh, you said power. San Jose is going to be good this year. They're like going four. Here we go. <laughs> All right, boys. So there's a lot of good news, a lot of good hockey news. Hopefully next week we'll see something happening in the restricted free agent market that we can talk about. And, uh, you know, great interview and wishing the best of luck this year. So until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Smell. Meow. Keep your head up.